Hey everybody, Nelson, alcoholic addict. That is not my real name, that's a pen name that I use here for my newsletter, LOL Sober. When the pandemic began, um, and it, it became pretty clear that I was going to be working from home for a while, I made a promise that I was going to start cleaning out my house. I, I vowed that I was, was going to go through all of my old boxes and clothes from the basement, and I could figure out what, what I could donate and what was garbage, and then get rid of what I needed to get rid of. And I am proud to say that I followed through on that promise. Did it take me 22 months to open up the first box? Yes. Yes, it did. It took a long time. But hey, I, I, I prefer to think about it like I was getting warmed up for the past two years, you know, getting limbered up to go through uh, all of my old stuff. In all seriousness, I started going through boxes this weekend, and I brought one up from the basement that just blew my mind. It was all of my paperwork from 2007 and 2008, those two years. So it was bills, taxes, health insurance statements, etc., from the worst period of my life. Uh, I got sober in November of 2008, so that meant about 90% of those boxes was a paper trail through the ugliest, darkest days of active addiction. I'm not someone who needs a reminder about those days. I never forget what those days were like. I remember vividly what the bottom looked like and what it felt like. And I can tell you 10 stories off the top of my head about how I should have died every day and how terrible life was. I don't need any help keeping it green, as we say in the 12-step programs. It's very green, okay? Trust me. Um, but this, this was a paper trail. This was a documented walk down that path. And even if I remember those days clearly in my head, it was still the kind of refresher that I could use once in a while. The, the paperwork was basically in chronological order, with the top being early 2007. That's when I was uh, really took a steep decline into active addiction, just constant overdoses and flushing my life down the toilet every single day. And so that meant the bottom of the box was 2008 at the end of the year, which is right after I got into recovery. So here's what I found at the top of that box from the addiction part of that time period. Uh, number one, I found an insane amount of medical bills, many of which were fake injuries, made up visits to emergency rooms and urgent cares and pain management clinics, all trying to hustle painkillers from doctors. The second thing I found was a, lo a lot of unpaid medical bills for my wife and newborn kids. Um, a bunch of them were uh, notices from collection agencies. I hadn't paid for them in a long time. And I always paid for my medical needs first. And I use air quotes around the word needs because it was a scam. I always, But I always made sure I took care of my stuff first. And then maybe for my newborn daughter, uh, maybe I'd pay that pediatrician bill. Very ugly. Uh, third thing I saw, about $96,000 in credit card debt, which is more than I made for a living. I had more credit card debt than I actually had in income per year. $96,000 uh, in credit card debt. And it was just, and then on top of that, I was looking at the bills, constant late fees, threatened cancellations, uh, again with the collection agencies. Um, I was paying hundreds of dollars every month just in late fees. There were at least five that had been sent to collection agencies. So I was just getting dogged on the phone and through the mail and I also found a bunch of loan applications in there that were all, all of them were rejected. I mean, it was, I mean, who's going to loan money 
to someone who owes more than they actually are worth, you know? Um, and at the time, I was doing that thing where I was trying to borrow money from Discover to pay off Capital One. I had used Capital One to pay off Chase. I mean, it was just this house of cards. Terrible, terrible on paper. Uh, fourth thing I found, nonstop overdue bills. I just rotated what I could pay and what I would pay, and then I'd, I'd get I'd, there's so many papers in there that, that just said gentle reminder because I was three months late on the electric bill or car insurance. Just gentle reminder, gentle reminder. Whew. Uh, the fifth thing I found, I found bills from a psychologist. I hadn't remembered. I went to a psychologist for about a year. Um, and I only went because I wanted people to get off my ass. You know, I think he, I think I visited his office about 50 times and I found bills for that. I'm not sure I told that guy the truth one time. Uh, I just wanted people to stop bothering me and I was willing to pay $75 out of pocket per week to just keep the illusion going. Although according to the paperwork, I actually didn't pay him on time very often or at all. And I think that might've been why I was not welcome back to his office after a year or so. Ugh. And the last thing I found was I found a bunch of my, a uh, couple of my job evaluations and they were, they were okay. Not good. Not terrible. I managed to somehow be an average or, you know, good enough not to fire kind of employee. Most people I uh, got along well with, so they were kind of rooting for me. But it was not proud reading, you know. Um, it was, it was, it was somebody just barely hanging on to a job. That's what it was. I could keep going, but you get the point. If I were, if we were in court and you were trying to convict me of being a drunk and a junkie, I these were this was exhibits A through Z that you would enter into evidence. And and guess what? It would have been it would have been an easy conviction. This was this is a perfect time capsule of a terrible life, a life that had a wonderful wife and two very young kids and a good job, and it was all falling apart. Uh, it was pretty sad, to be honest. And I have found the longer I'm sober, the more I've repaired that old damage, and I can laugh about it now. I like to laugh. But that means I think I sometimes round down the sharpest edges so they don't cut as deep. Uh, but let me tell you, looking through that paperwork, it cut deep. It really did. But then I got down to the bottom of the box. And I saw a few bills that were paid on time. And I found pamphlets and service guides for the 12-step programs, as well as some paperwork from my rehab. Um, and that was, the, you know, that was a turning point in my life, you know? Um, so that was like a nice end to going through that box. I was a little confused about why I had guides on how to be a treasurer or a chairperson of 12-step meetings. Because I was new to recovery. I, I went to my first meeting, I think it was November 10th of 2008. So I'm not sure how um, I ended up with all that paperwork. But then I gradually started to remember how much I pestered my sponsor about doing service. I was one of those assholes who has 10 minutes sober and is just like, you know, I should start teaching people, shouldn't I? Like, I, I got this. Like, I'm an expert. <laughs> but in, in reality, I remember being so grateful to the programs because the minute I got sober, my life started to turn around and it happened so quickly and it was so beautiful that I did feel a genuine urge. I wanted to, to give back. I wanted to give back as soon as I possibly could. And I remember my sponsor, he explained that most groups ask that trusted servants have a certain amount of clean time under their belt, usually six months or so. And I didn't have six months. I had like six weeks, but I dogged him 
so much <laughs> that he eventually kind of wore down and he said, listen, I'll tell you what, you may not quite be eligible for some service commitments, but read all of the, these guides on how to do it and keep coming. And at the next business meeting, you can volunteer, tell them your sobriety date and your desire to do service. And, and uh, maybe nobody else will volunteer and, and maybe we'll see what group conscience is. We'll take a vote. So sure enough, uh, at the end of, of December, with only about 50 days sober, I had been showing up every day. I put in chairs away after every meeting, connecting with lots of people from the meeting. And when the time came around, they, they made an exception to group conscience. They let me start chairing a meeting in January. And so I did, and it went well. And the next month, my sponsor told me, hey, maybe you should consider becoming treasurer for the group. You would have to, again, uh, mention what your actual sobriety is, and they would have to waive their service commitment because I think it was six months. Uh, and then he mentioned <laughs> during that conversation that the, the current treasurer was looking to hand off, so maybe, maybe this is a perfect time. So the next month, I studied up on the paperwork about how to be a treasurer for the group, um, and I raised my hand, and I got voted in as the treasurer, uh, even though I only had about two months sober. And it was only then that I realized uh, who the old treasurer who had been looking to hand off, I, I, I just became aware of who that was. It was, uh, it was my sponsor. Yeah, complete, great long con. Just worked, <laughs> he was looking for a replacement and he drafted me without me even knowing it. But hey, I'll take it. It got me started on service and it got me into a new phase of my life as I rediscovered at the bottom of that box. And I ended up, Ended up having quite a busy time uh, tearing up all those documents all weekend, but it was a great feeling. It was great to sort of shred that part of my my history. And um, I don't have a lot of paperwork like that in my life anymore. And I'm confident if I stay on this path, I can continue that. So, hey, thanks for letting me share.